What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, my name is Caleb Rutherford, and I am your host, and I am so thankful, I'm humbled that you have taken a moment to listen to this podcast, and it just uh, just amazes me that we have people who take time to to want to study the Bible and choose to do so with us here at the Scattered Abroad Network, and we are just, we're always thankful, uh, thankful for all of those things. Um, while you're listening to this, I think we will have actually just gotten back from PTP um, at the time of this recording, we actually haven't even been yet, but I think when this airs, we will have been back for maybe about a week. So if you came up to meet any of us at, um, at PTP or you caught one of our recordings or anything, thank you so much for uh, for coming by and saying hello and uh, kind of just hanging out with us for a little bit. We always have a great time at PTP and it was good to meet so many of you all. So I appreciate that. Um, we always say before every ep- episode begins, if you would go to our website, scatteredabroad.org, you can find all of the information about all of our shows and all of our hosts there. And certainly we would love for you to do that. Also, if you would subscribe to our email list, um, you can find that at the very bottom of the website. If you just put in your name uh, and your email, then uh, you, we will send you a two a, a bye. Well, let's see. We'll send you two emails every month, uh, one at the beginning, one in the middle, and you can kind of stay up to date on the network. And so we would certainly appreciate that. Um, this season, season number six, which is hard to believe, but this is season number six here at the Scattered Rod Network for uh, the Transform podcast. And uh, we are talking all about worship this this particular year, transforming our worship. And last week, if you were with us, you remember we had Ian Quinn on the podcast and we talked about worthy worship. And so today, this week, we're going to flip the coin and talk about wicked worship. So Ian, thanks so much again for being on the podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Always happy to have Ian back on the podcast and to give some insight uh, to some of these things. Let's hop right into it, man. Obviously, when you talk about (laughs) something being worthy, I guess by nature, it all there can also be an unworthy aspect to it, right? Um, and so, you know, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And that's really the case with, with everything um, in, in our lives. So as we're talking about specifically wicked worship or maybe unworthy worship, what what is it that can make um, worship unworthy or wicked? Because in our religious world, right, it seems that you can kind of just worship God however you want, and God's going to accept it, and you're okay. So, what you know, what's kind of what's kind of wrong with this whole picture here? Yeah, absolutely. And building off what we talked about last week, you're right um, that um, if there's worthy worship, there has to be something that is unworthy. Right. And you know, we John four, I kind of lean on that passage. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, we see that we have to worship in spirit and in truth. Right. And, and if we're missing any either of those um, factors, you know, because uh, in that passage, you know, God is looking for those people to worship Him. And so, if we're missing that spirit, that appropriate attitude, that uh, that that is holy. Um, we're also not doing the right things. We're not worshiping in truth. And then I would say that's, that's unworthy. And, you know, really, um, you know, the idea of, um, of sin is missing the mark. Right. Yeah. And, and so if, if we kind of have knowledge of what is right and appropriate worship, if we miss that mark, if we're not following what he's had for us, well, I, I would say that's unworthy. I sure. would say that, that worship, um, is is unworthy i think you know when you hear that term wicked worship you know i don't know for me i i have uh you know maybe pictures of satan and, and fire and all this but <laughs> yeah. but no I, I don't think it has to be um that if, if we're missing the mark if we're willfully not 
uh, abiding by in the truth and right. worshiping with the wrong mindset, then right. I, I think that is unworthy and, and thus, uh, again, missing the marks and wicked. Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting you say that because I think when we, when we look at this, we think about, you know, these, maybe these big, huge community churches and they have, you know, the huge bands and all the, the lights and all that stuff. And certainly that is unworthy and that's wicked, but you could be someone who attends a church, the church of Christ and worship in an unworthy way and unworthy right. manner. Right. Because again, going back to last week, it, it's all, it has so much to do with our attitude and with our mindset. Um, and if we, if we're not in the right place mentally, um, worshiping, then our worship's not going to be accepted. Um, and so I think, I think that's extremely important. You could say something else about that. Well, that, yeah, that's a powerful thought. You know, I, I've been, uh, thinking and reading this more in the context of, of our assembly and our congregation. Yeah. But, um, what about me, you know, as the individual, how, how am I worshiping, uh, and, and, uh, making that a personal thing? I think that's a great thought. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm in, in person, I'm with, uh, with the church and we are worshiping. How is my, what is, what am I offering? Is, right. is that a worthy sacrifice? Right. And it's, I think it's also an interesting point too, to think about, you know, it can be, it's pretty evident some, you know, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it can be really, really evident if someone is not engaged in worship, right? And, you know, you think about perhaps the stumbling block that could be to your brothers or sisters who are there, who are trying to worship um, in the right way. And sometimes, you know, your own um, wrong attitude and because of that, your unworthy worship, you know, as a result of that can be um, perhaps a distraction or, uh, you know, maybe it brings somebody else down. Um, and so there's a lot of things you got to think about, right. When it comes to your worship from the congregational aspect to it, but then the, you know, the personal nature of it, um, worship is extremely personal. Um, it is, it is something that should take, you know, everything out of you in order to worship God the way that he desires. Um, and so when we, forget about how personal it should be. Um, I think sometimes that, that can, uh, we can begin to take our, our, our aim off of what, you know, worship truly should be all about. So it's, it's extremely important to make sure that yeah. we ourselves are worshiping in the right way. And when we do that, then we can look around and maybe try to start helping other people, you know, with, with their own attitudes and the way that they worship. So extremely mm -hmm. important, important to think about. Um, as we're talking about this idea of wicked or unworthy worship, what are some examples of this? You know, perhaps biblical, maybe not biblical, but in my mind, I go to a couple of passages, but, but what, do yeah. you, what do you think about when you think about some examples of this? I think mine, probably the one that many of us, you know, think about is uh, in, in Leviticus 10 with yep. Nate Abinabayu. Right. And, and we see there, I, I can read the first couple of verses of Leviticus yeah, 10. for sure. Um, now, Nadab and Abayu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Hmm. Um, you know, a hard passage here. And, and, um, I don't know, uh, you know, exactly in, in the worship process, um, how, how this was, you know, being how this was different, but it, it certainly was unauthorized fire. This was not something that, that God, um, had, had, uh, wanted, uh, it, it was unauthorized. Um, and they, unfortunately, you know, they paid, paid, uh, the, the ultimate price there with, right. with losing their lives. 
Um, and we see that passage, the, the end of that passage, God saying, I will be sanctified, I will be glorified. And and part of that is is not only worshiping with the right heart, but it's with with in truth. Right. And so I, I think that does um give us pause and make us really consider is what I'm doing within his will is, is what I'm doing, what he desires from me. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's probably one of the biggest examples in scripture. We right. See. Right. Yeah, and I think, um, I think too, you know, um, and I think Josh Cantrell a couple of weeks ago brought this point up, but um, in Leviticus chapter 10, right, you have three people there who know how to worship, right? Aaron, Nadab and Abihu. Um, and I, and if you go back to, I think it's Exodus chapter 13, God gives a specific command and he says, do not offer strange fire or strange mm-hmm. incense to me in worship. And at the time of this, I believe there are only five individuals who could actually offer worship, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Ithamar, and Eleazar. So it's not like this command back in Exodus chapter 13 got lost in translation or it got lost because so many people, you know, it was given to a bunch of people. This was a, this was a very specific command to a very specific and small group of people. They knew exactly what they were supposed to do and they still didn't do it, right? And so that's a great example of somebody who is worshiping not to please God, who should have been the aim of their worship, but to please themselves. And ultimately, that's what is happening in all of these religions that we witness today. You know, all of these these ways of worshiping that are not in a line and in harmony with with God's Word, that's what they're doing. They're worshiping because it is what pleases them and and them alone. That's right. Yeah, no, um, I think... While we don't see the uh, dramatic end like this, I think we still see this very prevalently in our yep. world today, um, where uh, whether it's convenience or just preference, um, we we make adjustments to what we think right. worship should be, right. and um, and we've got to be so so careful um, to live within. Um, you know, those bounds, what, what God's will is. Right. Yeah. I, I think you're exactly right. I, and I think another example of this, um, I go back a, a few books to Genesis chapter four, uh, with Cain and Abel, when, uh, yeah. when, when Cain Crazy. and Abel were yeah. commanded to, you know, to bring a sacrifice before God, evidently Abel did, uh, do exactly what God had told him. Um, and Cain didn't, which is why his, his sacrifice was not accepted. And you remember, mm-hmm. you think, well, how did they know what they were supposed to do, because there's no record um, essentially in Genesis chapter four of it. But when you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and you read about Abel being, you know, put up as an example of faith, you remember in verse four, it says, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Well, how do you do something through faith? Well, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing. If he offered it through faith, that means he had to have heard and he had to have listened, right? So evidently, Cain heard, but he didn't listen and he didn't do uh, what was commanded of him. And again, it goes back to that whole idea of us in in our religious world today. So many people know the command, but they just don't listen. They do what makes quote unquote them feel good and what, you know, what they want to do. And that's where you begin to have all of these things. And so I think it's important to bring this out that, you know, when you're lit, when you're living a life, and this is not even just pertaining to worship, but it does involve worship. If you are someone who is living a life that um, that is pleasing to God, it's going to cost you something, right? Yeah. That's the whole idea of counting mm-hmm. the cost. Romans chapter 12, you're giving the sacrifice uh, of something. And that requires you to give up whatever it is that you're doing that makes you, quote unquote, feel good 
to make sure that you're living towards God. And that's going to, that's going to completely encompass this idea of worship. It's going to cost you maybe worshiping the way that you think you should. When you Mm -hmm. look at the scriptures and see what God has told you to do, this is what I have to do because it's because true Christianity costs us something. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Um, And it's, it, you're right. It, it costs us something. We have to pick up our cross and follow him. Right. Um, But it's, it's amazing you know, when you have that, that perspective of what we're gaining, you know, oh, it, it sure. is so important to count the cost, but the cost is so shifted, right. um, that we, we are receiving blessings on blessings, you know, far more than, than we deserve. Right. Um, but you're absolutely right. We have to lay down our wants and desires, um, at his feet. Right. And uh, take on his will. Right. Yeah. Ephesians 1 of verse 3, the spiritual blessings we gain by being in Christ, you don't have access to that unless you're in Christ. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you mentioned, there is a cost, but you do, there's a shift in that, right? Because you get to yeah. gain so many things that you don't have, that you don't, that you wouldn't get to have. And then ultimately, right, the hope of a home in heaven, you can't have that outside of Christ. And so, you know, it's just living the life of a Christian is just so, there's so much, you know, so many benefits from that that you just don't have. Uh, by being outside That's of right. Christ. Um, let me ask you this. What would you say to someone who says, well, as long as it makes me feel good, then surely God's going to accept my worship. Um, what would you say to someone who has that kind of attitude or mindset? Yeah, I, I think it's something that we see and hear so much um, today that about about the heart, about how I feel um, and and missing out on uh, on the whole, the whole, uh, importance of it being us laying down our will, as we talked about taking up his. Um, and so, yeah, if, if we enter worship with a, my way or the highway type of ideal, what type of attitude we last week, we talked about having that right attitude. Um, we have to, to lay those things down and, and take on his will. We, again, not to be callous or, or, uh, not hold worship in in the right mindset but when we go to you know worship it is about god it is for him and so we can't come in with uh, you know set um mindset about what we want out of it It, it's not about us it's about him um a passage that came to mind for me um from mark seven um six six through eight Mm. and he said to them well did isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is from me, is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Right. Um, and I think it's so uh, important for us to to um, not give vain worship. Right. You know, we right. we don't want to just be saying the right things and and not have our heart in the right place. And I think if our heart if, if our heart is in the right place, we are going to seek truth. We are going to seek to give the worship that God desires, um, not simply um, what we desire out of worship. Um, and so, so yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I think you're exactly right. Um, it's, it's a whole mindset shift, right? Again, we've talked, I feel like we've said this so many times, that worship is not about you right? It is about yeah. you in the sense of how you carry it out. And I've, you know, we, I've, I've said this on other episodes, it, you do benefit from it when you mm-hmm. worship the correct way, right? You're edified, encouraged, and you're able to help one another. But ultimately, again, your worship is going towards God. 
And God's not just going to accept whatever is thrown at him. You know, you may be completely sincere about your worship, but again, if there's no truth in it, then it, it's not going to be accepted. And I, it takes me back to the book of Malachi. In Malachi chapter 1, um, the Bible is talking about essentially the way that they've worshiped has not been um, worthy in his sight. And in verse 7, he says, You offer defiled food on my altar, but say, In what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is, is contemptible. But you notice verse 8, he says, When you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Mm, and he says, yeah. Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? So, wow. so obviously yeah. there's a very specific way of what God wants offered to him. Um, and if you don't do that, even if you offer something to him, if it's not done in the right way and it's not in align with his commands, then he's not going to accept it. Um, so there's so much more than just going through the motions of actually worshiping God. And again, I think you know, that's a whole nother uh, that's a whole nother point to make, you know, the idea of making sure we're intentional in our worship, right? Um, yeah. being extremely thoughtful about how we do that. But um, you know, I to me it's when you when somebody says, you know, as long as it makes me feel good, God's gotta accept it. To me, that's very there's a lot of pride in an attitude like yeah. that, saying, you know, I know. I know that my worship is is right, regardless of what God has said, and He just has to accept it. And it, it's just this whole backwards, you know, mindset of yeah. of what worship really needs to be all about. Yeah. Well, and I think too, maybe phrased a different way, some people will say, um, "Well, um, if I if I get this feeling while I'm worshiping, it it must be acceptable, right? You know, yeah. kind of this other sense." Yeah. And, um, and we get we got to be careful of that too right because you know you get a, a song going or you know you you can get feelings about something <laughs> yeah. but that doesn't mean it's right 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 and so um absolutely yeah no yeah. i think i think you're exactly right that's, that's a great point um let, let, let's close out this episode uh ian is there a way back from what we would call wicked or unworthy worship maybe somebody has been worshiping this way um, and maybe they realize, oh, oh, I need to stop doing this. You know, what do I do? How do I get out of it? Is there a way back from worshiping in a way that's not accepted to God? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's not too late. Right. Um, we have time. Uh, we know, uh, or we have the moment we're in, I should say, you know, we, we've <laughs> yeah. got the moment right? Right, and, right. We, and we need to, to make the use of the time that we have. Right. Um, and I, I think, um, you know, a scriptural, uh, you know, passage that came to mind for me was First uh, Corinthians. In First Corinthians eleven, we see this uh, this um, kind of encouragement for the congregation there um, to to change how they were doing the Lord's Supper. We see folks mm. that are uh, that were uh, being gluttonous, and right. others that were going hungry, right. and 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 just the whole aspect of the the Lord's Supper had just become a a mess, yeah. a real mess. Yeah. And it was divisive within the congregation. And so um, Paul gives them some clear instructions of let's, let's do it this way. Let's get on the same page and, um, and come together. And so I think uh, that's a, a scriptural example. Um, but, but absolutely we can, we can pause. I, I think something that we miss um, we've, we've talked about kind of um, the individual elements of worship coming together in the right spirit and in truth. Right. But congregationally, you know, part of, part of worship is unity, you know, and and us collectively as one offering um, to to God this this right. gift. Right. Um, 
And so we need to make sure that, um, that we are united, putting aside our wants and desires um, individually to collectively uh, serve and worship God uh, right. in, in his will, yeah. how he would have us to. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're exactly right. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you brought up congregationally, because again, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes we can, you know, I, I don't know, I've been going to the, you know, you say I've been going to this, you know, congregation for years. And, you know, we've always, you know, done everything that God's told us to do. Um, but, you know, kind of we talked about sometimes even, you know, e even a Christian can offer worship that's not acceptable to God. Um, but understanding that there's a way to get out of that, right? There's a way to get mm -hmm. out of the rut. There's a way to get out of, you know, denominational worship or, or you know, whatever it is that's out there. There's a way back from all of that. But like you mentioned, you know, you got to be you got to be smart with your time, realizing, you know, it's not something that you can just, you know, maybe one day I'll get out of it or whatever. And I, and I think about, you know, Ephesians uh, chapter 5, 15, verse 15, you see that you then walk circumspectly or walk wisely. Why? Uh, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, yeah. you've got to be smart with your time, understanding that, you know, you never know when this world's going to end. So making sure that, you know, in every aspect of, of our lives and specifically the idea of worship, you know, as this season is concerned, it's important that we do what God has told us to do um, because we don't know when God's, when the, when the Lord's going to come back. We don't know, uh, you know, what time we have left on this earth. Uh, we don't know when, you know, when we're going to die. And so, so, you know, living every, like, you know, it's cliche, live every moment like it's your last, but, yeah. you know, worshiping. You know, and this is something, when, when a lot of times when I preach about worship, so, sometimes I'll ask this, I'll say, you know, what if, you know, when you walk out of here this morning or tonight or whatever it is, and you reflect on your worship service, what was, what if that was the last time you ever worshiped ever? Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe something, you know, terrible happened to our country and you were no longer able to freely worship like that in an assembly, or maybe, you know, I, I mean, maybe you were to pass away or something, you know, just reflect on that. What if that was the last time you worship? How did you do? Right. H reflect on your attitude and, and how engaged you were. Um, you know, maybe you could have, you know, thought about the Lord's Supper more deeply than what you did. Maybe you could have concentrated on the singing or on the sermon or on the prayers, you know, whatever it might be. You know, we need to worship every single time. Like, this is the last time I'm, I'm going to get to worship. So I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give God everything that I've got. And when we do that, um, not only is it acceptable to God, not only is that exactly what God wants from us, but we should walk away from that feeling so much more fulfilled and so much more spiritually energized and fed than we would, you know, from any other way that we were to worship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think as you uh, were saying earlier with one of the other questions, I do think it's it's this interesting point when when we really do lay it all down, when we take our wants and desires out of it, and worship him with, with all of our heart, um, we do receive stuff right. from, from worship. You know, we, we do receive benefits from that when we don't participate in worship for our benefit. Right. Right. <laughs> if that makes right. sense. Yeah. When we are participating um, and, and fully focused on him and we've laid all of our, our baggage aside, um, we end up getting so many benefits from oh, it. Sure. We have to come into worship with that right mindset right. to reap that harvest. Right. Yep. No, you're exactly right. And there's, there, there's so much more we could talk about. Um, but I hope that maybe as a listener, you walk away from this, you know, understanding there is a right and a wrong way to worship God. And when you do it the right way, um, there's so many blessings and benefits you gain from that. And so I hope maybe each of us, you know, as we go into our assemblies, would reflect on our, our attitudes, the way that we worship and, and striving to do everything the way that God would have us to do. Ian, thanks so much, man. I appreciate, always appreciate having you on the podcast. Uh, had a great discussion uh, last week and, and, and today as well. So thanks so much for being on the podcast.
Thank you so much. It's a blessing. Absolutely, man. Appreciate uh, all of you listening. As we always say, thank you so much for being with us. Looking forward to uh, being uh, back with you next week as we are continuing our theme all about worship. We'll have a new guest on next week. Looking forward to that. Thank you again so much, and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.